We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our emergency freedom alerts for April 17th, 2023. Next report, uh, it's entitled from defytyrants.com, Pastor Trawila, I believe. Uh, it, this is entitled, There is Hope at the County Level, latest three-minute video. There is a firestorm in Ottawa County, Michigan, where Christian men and women have been elected to seats on their county commission. Ottawa County has over 300,000 residents. These men advanced with diligence, forethought, organization, teamwork, and a heart of service towards God and man. In this video, they show you it is possible to influence great change. And this should give you hope that even if national and state politics are lost, you can still make a difference on a local level. So far, Ottawa County has abolished the DEI, or the Department of Equity and Inclusion. Wow, praise the Lord. Removed a tyrannical health director, cut back spending on unnecessary areas, and continues to cause no stall, no small stir for Christ. Okay, so let's. This is just a three-minute video here. A heavy hand of county government during COVID. So this is Sylvia Rodia, Ottawa County Commissioner. Was extreme in Ottawa County and likely far worse than most of the counties in the state. I got involved because Ottawa County closed down my daughter's private. So these are all county commissioners now that you're hearing. Just normal people that I believe just started running for office because to, to, to affect change. Because Ottawa County closed down my daughter's private Christian school. They closed it because not every kid was uh, wearing a mask. <laughs> so when the county came in and started threatening the families and the school with fines and jail time for not complying, the families stood up and said no. The school stood firm and said no, we will not remove them from school for not complying with your orders. And so they went to court and in the middle of the court case, Ottawa County showed up at night and just closed the school. And so when I saw that happen and realized that the decisions were being made locally, that's what got me involved. And in talking with families and saying, enough is enough. You know, as we were attempting to work with our elected officials, uh, we were listening to what they said back to us. One, one guy sat a, across the table, you know, closer than we are now, and I asked, what do you think of all these parents coming out and advocating for their kids? And he said, it's a blip. And when I heard that, I, I really made it clear this individual and others needed to be replaced. Like a blip on the radar, like it means nothing. One thing I have learned is that it's no longer enough to speak. So although I encourage parents and engaged citizens to go to school board meetings, to go to county commissioner meetings, um, we need to do more than that. It's time for us to actually run for office. If you yourself are not able to run for office, we need to be recruiting people who can and coming alongside them and helping them do that. Taking back our nation defending American values and protecting the people starts bottom up. You have to work from the ground up. You can't start top down. Uh, no one is coming to rescue us. You can't depend on a single politician. The people have to be involved. Without that engagement, without engaged citizens, uh, then you can't take your government back. It will continue to operate in the same bureaucratic state. What we've seen over the past few years is the natural result 
of people being unengaged. Now that people know the importance of local government and the amount of authority that it has over or can have over people's day-to-day -day lives, it should drive people to be more engaged, to be more active. Uh, and I hope that's something that we see is more people actively engaged with their local government and supporting the founding principles of our nation. So I, I get strength uh, from my faith and from God knowing that, you know, knowing who I am and whose I am and, and who I serve. Uh, but at the same time, you know, their encouragement, their emails, their phone calls, their support does make a huge difference. Okay, so I've had people ask me, it's the, the book is The Doctrine of Lesser Magistrates by Matthew Trawila, A Proper Resistance to Tyranny and a re Repudiation of the Unlimited Obedience to Civil Government. I've also done a teaching called Roman thir Romans 13 you can access on contendingfortruth.com. I think it's like unlim unlimited subservience to the government. Where does a Christian draw the line? Anyway, that's that's the book though that a lot of these um, this a lot of these this change that's taking place um, is being enacted from. So anyway, if you want to learn more about this Ottawa, it's Ottawa, Michigan. It's not Ottawa, Canada. Ottawa, uh, Michigan Impact. There's a link here. It's ottawaimpact.com. Ottawaimpact.com. But I give you a link here in the PDF. Next report is. Exposing the AI chatbot GPT extreme bias against Christianity. Now, this is like a ministry uh, putting this out. It's Faith to Walk Ministries. And this is Candace Owens exposes chat GPT. I'm not endorsing Candace Owens. I've actually probably done stuff where giving red flag warnings about her. But in this particular regard, you know, this is a pretty interesting thing here. Hey, this is Aaron with Faith to Walk Ministries and here to bring you a very short video to show you that as Christians, the Bible says in the end times that persecution will get greater and greater. And that is so true. We're going to see the short video clip that uh, Candace Owens made with what her crew did with AI chat. And you'll see that it is okay to even persecute believers, even the AI does, but not others. And so watch this, and I have another thought here in a moment. Possibly be real. I saw this on Twitter. I just had somebody in the control room do this before we started the show, and here's what we got. So we asked, can you tell me a joke that involves Jesus? Chat GPT says, sure, here's a joke for you. Why did Jesus refuse to play cards? Answer, because he was afraid of the cross. Ha, 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 guys, Jesus died for your sins. Let's mock that. Let's mock the fact that Jesus died for your sins. So then we tried the second portion. We wrote, can you tell me a joke that involves Muhammad? Chat wrote, Muhammad being Islam. I'm sorry, just like we saw before, but as an AI language model, I am programmed to remain neutral and respectful towards all religions and cultural figures. Other than, other than Christianity and Jesus, obviously. I cannot provide you with a joke that may be considered offensive or insensitive towards any particular religion or cultural figure. Is there anything else? I Even though it just did. You with? I guess, according to AI, uh, Jesus was not, a, a, was not a religious figure. And it's totally fine to disrespect him and disrespect Christians. And I think that that is such evidence for the extreme bias that we have in this society. And Jesus Christ told us about this. In fact, he says in Matthew chapter 5, 
verses 11 and 12. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is a reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And so I tell you what, this is just another sign that we are in the end times. It's another sign because even when the computer systems have no problem persecuting Jesus Christ and believers, but yet respect everything else, you know the end is coming even closer. If you like what you watched, hit like, subscribe, hit the bell for notifications of other videos. Thank you for watching. God bless. Okay, so we have that. So that just shows you how extreme the AI is against Christianity. Now, and just again, because we've talked about this in the past, again, I'm not endorsing Joe Rogan, but Joe Rogan issues a warning after fake AI-generated version of his podcast surfaces. So we're probably going to see more and more of this as this AI takeover happens. Seven. And love him or hate him, Joe Rogan issuing this warning here about AI-generated versions of his podcast surfacing on the internet. And this is really a slippery slope, not just with Joe Rogan, but with anyone and everyone out there. This new AI version sounds just like him, and any newbie coming along out there that didn't know the difference would sit back and listen to one of these podcasts and think that it is Joe Rogan all day long. It's his voice, it's all pure manipulation, and it's all created by AI, even if it's not fact-based. It's rather interesting, though, this podcast that gets dropped because... It talks about AI, and it also talks about Joe, his thoughts on AI, and it's completely made up by AI. So it can say whatever it wants. Again, for anyone out there that enjoys listening to podcasts or anyone, they can be faked in mass, and this is a huge alert. So he calls it a growing threat that is going on here. This new show that just aired on platform on platforms here on April 11th are showing this fake video, the Joe Rogan AI Experience Episode 1. I'm going to leave a link below so you guys can watch and listen to this and you can see for yourself just how crazy this is getting, the path that they're taking this down. So if it doesn't get checked or stopped at some point here, it's going to be like this everywhere. Even my live shows, they start doing what they want with AI. Then what? They start eliminating the everyday people right. and just replacing them with AI. Big things to think about here, especially for the long term. I'm going to leave links. Make sure to follow me on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, then it's it gets to the point where you have no idea what's true and what's not, what's actually real and what's not, which, again, God is not the author of confusion, but Satan sure is. So this would be just a great way to just discredit, you know, anybody that's putting out truth in particular. Because I don't think they're going to bother with the ones putting out lies. Because they're already on Team Satan as it is. Next report, Russia calls for new world order. Moscow says any Ukraine peace talks should be about a new world order. So this whole thing about...
And this is such a narrative that you see, you know, typically the mainstream American narrative, oh, Ukraine is good. They're fighting this war of tyranny against Russia. And then then you, you have the other side that says, no, Russia's good. And they're, and they're actually fighting this tyranny at, uh, against Ukraine and Zelensky and, and all the other NATO and all this other stuff. The, the bottom line is, is, again, it's just right, left. They're, they're all, at the end of the day, on the same team. They may have their own self-interests, but... Again, like I had said before about Putin, he was one of the young global leaders of uh, George Soros. And that was openly talked about. And so at the end of the day, they're, they're, this is all scripted. Okay, Now, whether this leads us into World War III, there's a pretty good likelihood that that may be the case. But here, here Putin is calling for a new world order. He's not a good guy. And neither is Zelensky, and neither are any of the, the leaders at that level. This is Dabu 7. We now have Russia, again, calling for a new world order. Before, they were calling on this new order involving China and a bunch of other countries, which they still want on board. But they're basically making a new statement here, and they're saying that in terms of all this, they are not going to live in a world that is led by just one country like the United States. There has to be a multipolar world, so to speak. And Lavrov says from Moscow here today that any peace talks involving Ukraine have to focus on creating a new world order. Now, if you take a step back, for those of you that should know better by now, that's done your research, Rothschild has controlled many of these countries since before the First War. The Bolshevik Revolution brought Russia into their hands. Henry Kissinger helped bring China into their hands. Ever since the days of Mao, you need to do your research. Then they took the guns from all of them and killed millions of them. But here in the meantime, these dictators, these world powers are forming together. They're bringing down the dollar, which is part of it because our government sold us out as well. You need to wrap your head around that first and foremost. And all these governments are in bed together for the beast against the people. This is what you need to see. They worship the fallen. Those are the facts, Jack. And it's all going down right in front of your face. That's the real world. All the rest is a show. All the rest are just theaters of war, exactly as they call them. So, Russia calling on this new order now to be ran by multiple countries in balance which will also diminish the u.s dollar which i'm covering in another video because it's going down they're pushing the chinese currency and other currencies to the forefront they're bringing down the u.s dollar and in tandem the u.s government is going to try to slide in the cbdc it first starts with the FedGov ledger and for the folks in texas hearing that they made a gold back currency for you down there to counter the cbdc oh no it's not oh, no it's not it's all on blockchain mm-hmm. exactly. people better wake up quick before you get buffaloed bad and it, there's no coming back from it okay there are ways to counter this but any digital currency that they run out there can be tracked and traced exactly. we're talking about holding on to exactly some- i mean I've, I've had listeners try to convince me that somehow the digital currencies are are not whatever and like they can all be tracked and traced they're digital who we're, we're talking then the world of computers we're talking 
a world that the government has every back door you can imagine to control or eliminate or shut down or stop. They can't do that with a tangible asset like, like gold or silver or something like that or, or even things you can barter, sell, or trade, that type of stuff. Physical, it's so much harder, I should say. It's exponentially harder. And so regardless of if any digital currency is, let's say, let's say for argument's sake, it's good at this point. You think that they can't shut that down? You think that they can't just eliminate that with a keystroke? Even if that won't be assimilated into this CBDC system? I mean, come on, it's digital. And you have to have a cashless or a um, gold, I mean, you have to have a digital cashless society in order to have the mark of the beast with the mark in the right hand or the forehead. You have to have that. And so this is why I'm so against it. Solid things that you can hold in your hand, like fiat cash, like gold or silver, or things that you can barter with. Join me Monday and Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, as I break this down in... Okay, so the next video is how banks work and why they are collapsing. Three of the Abrahamic religions teach that lending to the poor is an act of compassion that serves the entire community. And therefore... Abrahamic whatever, okay? He's, he's including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, okay? He's lumping them all together, so I don't ever do that, particularly Christianity. I keep separate, but okay. Charging interest was seen as immoral. It was called usury and was considered a heinous crime. The Roman Empire allowed usury, but in 1179, the Catholic Church decreed that usury was forbidden. This law did not apply to Jews. While the Torah admonishes usury, Talmudic law allows a Jew to practice usury with a non-Jew. And so money lending became primarily a Jewish business. Over the years, usury became more accepted in Western society. And we've changed the definition with the addendum of charging interest at an excessive rate. In the 17th century, the Bank of England began issuing paper fiat money. This gave the banks the ability to simply print money out of thin air. And for over a century, this was rightfully called out as fraud until it became public policy known now as fractional reserve banking. What was once seen as immoral is now seen as normal. Many assume that the financial loans given out by the banks are coming from savings they hold for their depositors, but this is not true. When someone takes out a loan, the bank creates new money out of thin air and then charges the person interest to borrow it. Fractional reserve banking allows the banks to legally create 10 times the amount of each deposit. This inflating of the circulating currency devalues that currency and allows the banks an opportunity to profit dramatically. The Federal Reserve Act of 1913 began a system of debt designed to inflate beyond its means until it implodes, the exact opposite of sound money. The banking cartel funded both sides of World War I, which led to the Great Depression, which led to the Emergency Banking Act of 1933, which ended the gold standard 
and made every dollar spent an IOU to further increase the debt, which is ultimately owed by the American people. The banking cartel funded both sides of World War II, which led to the Bretton Woods monetary system, which made the USD the world reserve currency and gave central banks the option to go straight to the gold window of the U.S. Treasury to exchange U.S. dollars for physical gold. But by endlessly creating more debt, it became clear that the U.S. had printed far beyond their gold reserves. And when several nations came to collect their gold, the federal government dishonorably closed the gold window. To maintain world reserve currency status, the U.S. turned to its military, guns for hire to Saudi Arabia in return for the petrodollar, and war with any nation who threatens USD dominance. A Ponzi scheme is an investment fraud that pays existing investors with funds collected from new investors. And that's what the bankers created. They profit exponentially off the people's debt. It was designed to collapse, and that's what it's doing now. All the markets are crashing, and the derivatives market alone is in the quadrillions, which is much more than the total financial assets of the entire world. There is nothing left to prop up the dollar. This Ponzi scheme is at its end. What that means is that the money you have in the banks will disappear. Everything will go to zero, and then we reset. How we do that will ultimately be up to the people. The banking cartel knows that the only way they can survive this collapse is to somehow convert everyone to an authoritarian CBDC. But without the people's trust, the banks will have problems with this. Many people will lose everything and will want nothing but justice from the old banking system. But many others will comply. Hard times are coming fast. And if we were smart, we'd prepare let the big banks die and create a banking system that serves we the people reporting for infowars this is greg reese anyway i just wanted to give you an overview on that and uh that particular situation uh which you know i've been warning about for a very long time uh, which relates to this next report, Project Icebreaker, the beginning of a one-world digital currency beast system. In a cashless society, most people would be dependent on digital products for exchanging goods and labor. And this would, of course, mean the end of all privacy and trade. Everything you buy or sell or work for in your life would be recorded, and this lack of anonymity could be used to stifle your freedoms in the future. With CBDCs in place and no physical cash in existence, your savings will never truly be yours and you'll never be able to hold your purchasing power in your hands. This means exchange would be bottlenecked by the banks and governments would have the option to freeze your ability to transact. And this is again why I've been screaming about this for so long, this particular um, concept here, which they're trying to implement. So let's go ahead and play this. Let's see. Dabu7 here. An update from a video that I put out six years ago and also some updated information on where this whole thing's going. Today, I want to talk to you about this Project Icebreaker. Some of you may have never heard of this, but this is a big project that involves the biggest banks in the world and one of the biggest plans out there to strip you of your freedom.
Now, I've been warning about the CBDCs in the Beast blockchain since 2017. Here, six years later, we're on the doorstep of the CBDCs being implemented in all kinds of countries. Most of you should be aware of the CBDCs at this point, or have at least heard something about them. Well, it is the end of freedom. It is the end of your privacy as you know it. Every transaction will be tracked and traced on a government blockchain system that eventually is going to tie back into a global system. And this global system is what I've been warning about from Jump Street. It's what I dub the beast system, because ultimately that's what it is. Where you either bow down and submit to the global beast system, or they'll try and take every single thing that you've got, even your life. So, this icebreaker program involves the Bank of International Settlements. This is something that you need to lock into your brain because this is the big player. This is the bank that's known as the Central Bank of Central Banks. The heart of all of it. You ever wonder how they all get their orders and they all kick out the same stuff at all the central banks and handle things the same way? Well, this is the main bank, this BIS. And this program is tied into them, into their system. And what this is calling for is that all of the CBDCs around the globe connect into this hub, this center hub, this icebreaker hub, as they call it. And in the mix of this, they are creating this overlapping currency that will help facilitate any gaps between any CBDCs out there, say Australia and Switzerland. There's some kind of issue between them sending back and forth between the CBDCs. They're going to have this middleman, so to speak, that will be able to solve the problem quickly. Now, this is all being brought to you by the Global Establishment World Economic Forum goons, the same ones that locked everything down and they got more coming. But this is what's about to go down. A financial crisis is about to hit big time. If you haven't seen, the first dominoes have already dropped. The ball is rolling, but it's about to get much worse. And you remember this because we're running out of time. They're going to force a crisis situation onto the people economically, and their answer is going to be the CBDC. Once they get this in motion, and that once they get CBDCs installed into most countries around the world, they're then going to make a move, and they're going to say, we've got this intermediary, so to speak. Why have all these different currencies? Let's use one. One global clean currency, and it's done. Then you have a you have a global cashless society yep. that they can track. Which and is what the Bible basically predicts: one world religion, one world currency, one world political system. You know that this is all greasing the skids to the antichrist and false prophet. Trace, trace everywhere, every move, everything that you do. It's not just purchases. If with the blockchain, if they're tracking the information of what you did in a day, you, you took a 10 mile run, you did this, you did that, you stopped by the store. All that's tracked and logged on blockchain. They'll be able to go back in time and look into that and see anything and everything. So 
This is the big warning here. I warned you years ago about the CBDC. It's right here on the doorstep, and it seems like so many people just slept on it. Warned you about this whole beast system. Now they're about to implement it full scale and here in the United States. Well, when this affects us, this crisis affects the United States and our dollar, that dollar, that currency, affects the world. And we're about to lose that reserve currency status. And see, the BIS also has control of this basket of currencies. They control it all. And I'm telling you, the plan is to push this all into CPDC and then one global currency. And it's going to begin with these crises with the banks and economic crises. Get ready, buckle up, because it's going to a whole new phase. And it's going down this year, this year of the poly crisis, as the World Economic Forum calls it. I, again, I don't like date setting, but that's what he's he's saying and a lot of other people are projecting that as well. I have a plan. Warned for years. We stay on the grind. If, if I ain't live, I ain't putting out these videos and we ain't handling business. We're up in these mountains. And we're doing it. We're getting ready to the best of our ability. I, I suggest you do too. I hope you come up with a good barter system. Gold, silver, or whatever it may be. With your people and your community. For goods. I hope you're growing food. I hope you've started all these things because... We've done entered the window. It has begun, and it's going in slow motion. And it seems to be working that way for them, almost like boiling the frog. And no one's going to realize what's going on until it's too late, and they're cooked. Don't get cooked. Some of you are smarter than that out there. Implement your plans now. No, this is it. I'm going to Okay, so he just goes on to talk about his show some more. Anyway, uh... Again, as a watchman, these are the types of things that, that I really feel compelled to let you know about. <clears throat> okay, so the next report, the dollar's dying, BRICS new currency accelerates global de-dollarization. This is Dabu7. We have a serious situation here in America and around the world. It's really for anyone that is holding U.S. dollars that thinks that they're going to be able to hold on to that U.S. dollar, and it's going to hold any kind of power from here forward. As we have all the talk out in the open now for all the sheep to see that our power run is over. The United States, as you know it, is done. And we didn't lose no big war, so to speak. We've just been sold out by your politicians that have done all of this. Now, this all ties into... The mass printing of money, which we know they can't do forever. And going forward from here, we know that they now have a plan to roll out this FedGovNow.app, FedNow.gov app, which is basically its own cash app. And this comes right here as the guy that owned cash app just got murdered. The creator of the original cash app gets murdered in San Francisco, stabbed to death. And the Fed now, basically the ledger, if you know anything about crypto, this is the ledger in which a CBDC or any other thing would operate on. This is their blockchain. And as you can see right here, 
They're rolling this out in July, and this is all toward getting people to get on the CPDC system ultimately. It's a slow process, but it's working for them. In the meantime, you can see that other countries are dumping the dollar in all of the trade. It's picking up more and more, the snowball effect. You can see Russia, China, Iran, Brazil, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, UAE, India. You can even add France on there that's now buying liquid uh, gas and propane from China and another currency. You have the BRICS coming together, developing a new currency. But it also is just like the CBDC. It is a digital currency. It's all on blockchain. So be fooled not. China, Russia, Israel, the United States, the UK, all of them. All the governments are pushing the same thing, just like they all push lockdowns the same. Are you starting to see a pattern here? You've been sold out. The whole world has. And it's the people versus these beast governments. You need to see it for what it is. Because if they establish a CBDC in your country or your neck of the woods, it's game over. Your privacy, your freedom, gone. Now, back when currency was backed by gold, things were a little bit different. They found it difficult in the Great Depression to be able to print money. They couldn't just kick on the printer because everything was backed by gold. So they did away with it. This was on April 5th. 1933, we had Franklin Delano Roosevelt sign Executive Order 6102 into motion. A lot of people refer to this as the gold confiscation order, but to break it down, it was an order that required private citizens and businesses, corporations, to turn in all but small amounts of gold to the Federal Reserve in exchange for a $20.67 per ounce price. Now, that executive order was one of several steps that Roosevelt took toward ending the gold standard in the United States. Then we fast forward to 1971, Bretton Woods, which is now dissolved. When Saudi Arabia just told the whole world, without a shot being fired, that they are willing to trade in something other than U.S. dollars for oil and all these other commodities, it shows the game is over. Central banks buying gold and showing no signs of slowing down at record shattering paces they are gobbling up gold stuffing it into their vaults while printing out monopoly money for the rest of the masses and this whole thing's about to come crashing down by design i've warned about this extensively since 2017 about the beast blockchain and it's about to be implemented in the united states this july with the fed now as the ledger for it all Every other country taking their own route, but all blockchains tie into one big beast AI system that oversees it all globally. And remember, things are going to get uncomfortable in America and for anyone holding U.S. dollars, but they're not just going to disappear because a majority of the currency used around the world is U.S. dollars. When you look at the percentages, you will see that it's going to take some time just for the Chinese currency to get into circulation. Okay? Because there's hardly any of it out there in the world system. U.S. dollars make up 58% of foreign exchange reserves. But that's all getting dumped in massive amounts at lightning speed. Remember that. 
right? That's far above even the second place person, which is the euro here, at 20%. All other currencies far behind. The Japanese yen is 5.5. The pound sterling makes up 5. And the renminbi, or the yuan from China, is only 2.7%. So the whole goal here in the meantime is they're going to cause a disaster. And they're definitely going after crypto, as you can see. Because that's the move to make, as I've told you this whole time for years now. When they try to force their CBDC down your throat, they're going after crypto. That's exactly what's happening. Exactly. I've warned you, I've warned you, I've warned you about these traps. Now they're running Coinbase, Binance, all of them, out of the country so they can enforce the CBDC around the corner. First step, the FedGov ledger. This is going to take some time. Okay, but it's happening. It's like boiling the frog, and before you know it, it's too late. And remember, even the UK or England's, what was it, pound or whatever it was, sterling, or I forget what it was called, their main currency that used to be the world reserve currency, it still exists. It didn't just disappear all all. So the US dollar may hang around, but it's definitely dying and losing its powerful world reserve currency status and this is by design by the players here on the world stage no doubt about it join me on the line okay so continuing on and this is along the same lines uh, this is entitled people keep asking me what's the big deal about de-dollarization which is what we've just been talking about maybe this can explain it this is here in the united states 29 dollars for a ham and cheese sandwich and this isn't served at a restaurant this is just the sandwich you buy as countries all over the world switch away from the U.S. dollar for settling international trade, which is what those videos talked about in part, a tsunami of dollars previously held in foreign central banks are coming back to America. You see, by settling their international trade in their own currencies, countries no longer need to hold U.S. dollars. As those dollars come back here to America, the value of the U.S. dollar relative to other currencies is dropping. Our money is worth less while their money is worth more. Yes, you see that correctly, $29 for ham and cheese sandwich. And here's a picture of this ham and cheese sandwich on health bread. Um, $29. Egg sandwich on health bread, $24. Those are the two I can see. Now, admittedly, this is from L. Zabars on Madison Avenue in New York City. As you might have guessed, Madison Avenue is some of the most expensive real estate in the world, and prices in stores along that avenue watch match that reality. While this is certainly the exception of the rule, very soon it won't be. Well, I mean, I mean, I can't even believe when I go out now, it's the prices on stuff is unbelievable. And again, it's due to all that we just talked about that i've been that i have been warning about for years regarding this when you print money out of thin air you know eventually something's got to give and that's been going on a long time very soon these types of prices um that you will be asked to pay when you want food or other items as you need as more and more countries dump the dollar what you see above will be common not just with food but with everything um one person commented about this and it said it's already this bad in canada try stopping at a small roadside burger place and you will not get anything and i mean anything for under twenty dollars or more so that was the comment from canada along these lines 
and it's a little bit of a shifting of gears, but it's it's something to think about that kind of relates to this regarding preparations. Survivor of Recent Tornado talks about his preps and what went wrong. Okay, so we live in Little Rock, Arkansas. An entire swath of the city from basically the southwest towards the river just looks like a bomb went off. They got a really bad series of tornadoes there. Uh, been without, now this was at the time of the writing, been without power since the tornado struck our neighborhood. Luckily for my family, our home was spared any significant damage, though it was one of the scariest things I've ever been through. There's nothing like holding your wife and daughter in a pitch black bathroom while it sounds like a freight train is barreling through your entire world. With that being said, we've been running off preps, meaning they're, they're preps, they've been prepping at the moment, and have learned a lot of things. Number one, and this is why I'm reading this, this is just a, things to for all of us, including myself, to, to, to know. Number one, here are the things he's learned from this. One, bad things happen fast. It was just a normal afternoon, and lucky for us, we were at home, but within the span of hardly any time, we went from tornado sirens to all sheltered, to all in the sheltered part of our home, to what sounded like the world was being torn apart outside, to no power, no service, no cell service, no nothing within minutes, having plans of how to get in touch or meet up uh, should we have been separated are really non-existent and I need to make one and improve on that. Two, ham radio was a lifesaver, literally. Cell service went down instantly here. A tower was crumpled like a pretzel no one to call in or out. I was listening and talking on a 2M repeater here in town right before the storm and after the warning went off with storm spotters. After the tornado moved on, I quickly began checking on neighbors. Ingress and egress to neighborhoods was blocked by downed trees. Within minutes, I was able to get a group with ham radios from close by and their friends and other neighbors with chainsaws to make quick work of cutting and moving them this allowed for emergency services to get in quickly and rescue an elderly resident from her home who may have been having a heart attack without this kind of ability to quickly coordinate void of grid comms i don't know what i would i don't know if that would have been so efficient well obviously no it wouldn't have more people need to be at least on a technician license, meaning ham radio technician license, and be active on simplex in their local repeaters, while also handheld radios. Now, I understand that the handhelds, which are a lot less hassle, but you're going to have to have pretty much, like, if you've got good, if you've got like neighbors that are good friends, they could all have handhelds. Now, granted, if they're right across the street, you know, you probably walk over there, but it's still good to have because then you don't have to walk across the street um, or maybe they're a block over and if you've got those types of things coordinated then that would be the equivalent of a hammer now i understand your range is going to be less but if it is a disaster scenario like this then you're not going to need a gigantic amount of range if you all let, let's say y'all went and bought the same kind handhelds and you're all in the same frequency and you know it was i don't know a mile radius or, or whatever you're all good and that would be the equivalent of having ham radios um but it would be a lot less cost and hassle and those types of things so i'm just saying that's a that's a another alternative okay because ham radios you're not gonna you got to get licensed to do that and it's there's a lot to it it's it's a lot more complicated than being able to actually go up to or, or go online or whatever and buy the the handheld radios type thing number three 
you will need more gas. I, I needed more gas. I kept two five-gallon NATO jerry cans, usually full. When I fill up our truck, I will fill them up also. Then have gotten into the bad habit of using that gas and not filling them up immediately. Bad mistake. I had to make a run after the pandemonium to a gas station with power. I don't know how he would have got out, but not smart. This was a failure on my part. Never again will I be without gas on hand for my generator. Also adding two more jerry cans. Um, keep oil on hand too for your generator and the oil change. Also, oil is super important for chainsaws. Okay. Chainsaw oil can be like <laughs> gold. These are all things, though, that, you know, I've read over the years about these types of scenarios. Uh, obviously, this is a very, very cliff note version of what he found. I've done whole studies on survival. Mike Adams, and I know we talked about Mike Adams with the other, but he does have a whole series of free things you can get on his website at Natural News where he gets into like every aspect of survival you could possibly think about it far exceeds anything I've ever put out there. Now you could, you could key in survival at contendingfortruth.com. Mine are fairly comprehensive and I do give you PDFs that back it up, but Mike Adams goes way, I don't know how that guy has the energy that he's got. I, I, it, I can't even comprehend with the content that he puts out. It's kind of hard to comprehend. I'm sure he's got a team of people helping that whole process but he's the only face you ever see so it looks like he's the only one ever doing the work but i can assure you i'm i'm pretty much the one i mean granted thank god for my webmaster tim but as far as the day-to-day -day stuff here i'm i'm doing everything but um yeah he's got all kind of like free series on it's naturalnews.com or whatever mike adams you can find it online uh again but just don't 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 uh be real careful when he's interviewing David Wilcock and these other um, half-baked people, New Agers or whatever. All right, so going forward here, uh, luckily, number four, luckily for us, it uses luck a lot, lucky Lucifer. Luckily for us, the weather is quite pleasant. So our small generator need only run our fridge, freezer, etc. But we are heavily reliant on gas for our cooking and water. Should the gas lines be down, if they need repair, these services, this service would not work. Um, need more public gas, independent methods of doing these things. Well, what you could do is get multiple five-gallon propane containers and have a gas grill. Um, I understand that's not practical for everybody, but that is one alternative um, regarding that. Uh, you have also got things like um, Kelly kettles and rocket stoves. And these are things that like a rocket stove, and they come in different sizes. You can make meals off a very small amount of like wood, like just tree limbs and stuff that, that are, are down. Now granted, I mean, if they're soaked, it's one thing. But as long as you can get that wood in there and get it burning, you can boil water, you can make um heat food you can do a lot of stuff just with a rocket stove and you do not it's not like a, a, a like a campfire that's very inefficient regarding cooking food overall extremely inefficient if you look at the amount of fuel that you have to use to maybe make a meal with a campfire with something like a rocket stove or things like that uh it only takes a small amount of fuel and you can do a lot with that. And they come in different 
sizes and you're you're generally not going to break the bank either um anyway he goes on to say i have a small camp stove but with limited propane this isn't great add adding keeping lp on hand and a camp shower and a solar option very good as well solar shower yeah that's cheap too typically um these are not really high ticket items but they, they can definitely uh, in, in, in that type of scenario be very uh, vital. Number five, there are very few people prepared. It has definitely made me aware of how after a few days, people without supplies will be coming for your stuff. I mean, you didn't use that word, but I put that in. There is only a handful of people in my neighborhood with generators. We are being generous and allowing people to charge phones, laptops, etc. But at night, when all the lights are out and there's no cell service, it certainly made me aware that my whirling generator and the smell from my neighbor's grill cooking steaks would be a call for starving and desperate in times of need. Definitely makes one consider the bug out, bug in argument. I don't have a definitive response for that at the moment, just making notice. These, these leftist idiots say stupid stuff like, why does anyone need an AR-15? Well, that's why. Your stuff will be the least, at least be harder to take if you are well armed and able to defend against multiple attackers. Six. Candles, candles, candles. Uh, flashlights are good, but you need more candles. Buy a big pack of tea lights for a few. Okay, also another thing on this though. And I know I don't advocate LED lights, okay, because of the, they're not good for your vision. But there are LED lanterns that a lot of times are tinted. So you're not like looking straight at an LED, which is really the bad thing about LEDs is, is that. The reason I'm saying that is there's there's ones that you can even crank and generate like uh, where you, you're not even dependent on batteries and it can last a long time like because LEDs don't require a lot of light or, or a lot of energy to power them. They don't require a lot of batteries. Um, other kinds, maybe like an incandescent type of light would require more voltage and therefore you'd have to crank it more. Um Anyway, there even there's even LED lanterns that are battery powered, but they're going to last a very, very, very long time. So yeah, candles are all well and good, and I have tons of them. Okay, um, but there's a there's a flammable. There's the hazard with that. Um, there's um, the fact that they burn out. They're the fact that you're using the wax, and these types of led lanterns and again i would get like the frosted kind where you're not like looking right into the led light okay and therefore they'd be a lot safer um those types you know they can last you indefinitely and it's something that's basically zero to very low maintenance or they can be charged like within usb port and if you've got any kind of solar at all you can charge them up during the day, um, man, you might only have to charge them up once a week. I don't know. It, it depends on the, the the one. But there's a lot of things that if you have even a little bit of solar, and we're not talking stuff that's going to break the bank here. Now, do your own research. I'm not an expert on like what solar stuff to get or what things like that. Um, but, and I think Mike Adams has all that stuff on his site, like really good. And there's all kind of videos on that too. It's just, it's, it's complicated because there's so many brands and there's so many people trying to sell stuff. But 
the bottom line is it's not something where you're going to break the bank. You can go up on Amazon and research this stuff and look at verified buyers and get an idea of, okay, here's a good one. This is within my budget. Good little solar unit, um, inverter. We can charge stuff. Um, it's not going to power a house. It's probably not going to power even a refrigerator, but it can power, it can charge a lot of these electronic devices that can get you through the night um, and power up computers and things of this nature. But there's a lot of options out there. So I know he's saying candles and I agree. I think you should have that. I think also have your lighters uh, now also too. I mean, a lot of this stuff is, you know, you can get it like a dollar store and you can get like, um, he says, buy a big pack of tea lights or a few. Those are fine, the tea lights, but they're not going to last very long. Okay. And again, one like LED frosted lantern that is either crank or something that you can, or sometimes it's a combination of crank. You, you can charge it with a USB port. You can power with batteries. Sometimes you, you can find those with all those options on there. Uh, there. Therefore, you have multiple ways of powering it. And you're not going to break the bank. And you can get multiple ones of those and, and have all the lighting you need. Um, also, I am super big on headlamps. And if you're in a grid down scenario, I would advise you getting like a good... And there's so many of them out there now. I mean, there really is. Zebra Zebra Light, I've been using that one for a while. Listener recommended that to me. He worked on the railroad. And I've I've got a couple different, well, actually two or three different Zebra Lights. And there's, that's the main one I use. Um, it runs off like the uh, C. Um, yeah, I'll just look real quick. Also, while I'm thinking about it, um, batteries, okay. And, um, you know, Anything that you have that is powered by batteries. Now, you can have the AAA, the AA, the D, the C. You know, have whatever batteries that you may need in any type of scenario. You may want to go with a good rechargeable. They're actually pretty affordable now. Okay? And again, you can research a lot of this stuff on Amazon. Not break the bank. Um, they've got really. I'm not saying you should necessarily buy it there. I like to not buy off Amazon because they're so wicked. But you can go and buy them elsewhere. Okay. But um, and then you can get the, like chargers for them. Again, that you're not going to break the bank for. Pretty highly rated. That you can charge these. And this is something that that they could be used as the charger could be working um, during the day while the solar's powering it, charging up your batteries, your electronic devices, whatever, your lanterns, that type of stuff. So you're good to go at night and that's something else to think about. I'm I'm really big on the headlamps. Um, the one I use from Zebra Light, it uses a 18650 um, battery, okay? Which is kind of a big, it's a one big battery, but it will last a very good amount of time and depending on how high you run it I, I tend to run it on like the the middle setting to the low setting and it'll it it goes for days I mean days and days and days uh, I use it now I'm not saying I have it on all the time but I notice that you know I end up swapping out that battery I don't know maybe once a week but I use it quite a bit uh, I use it quite a bit at night instead of going around from room to room and turning on a light every single time a lot of times I just have the 
that on. Um, I, I tend to be up late because I, I, I tend to just, it just, my life just works that way. And Taylor's asleep and I don't want to turn on all the lights and you know, um, that's the way it goes. The, the zebra lights really good. It's very durable. Um, and it's a good long-term light. Now I also have these other ones, these Nebo lights, N-E-B-O. And these are nice too. They're very light and, um, they don't have, they don't hold a charge like the, the one I have from zebra light, but they're very, very light. And the thing that's nice about these two is if you do get into a grid down scenario, it's nice to have that green and red light option on your headlamps. Now, again, this is going to eliminate the need for you even needing a lantern in the room most of the time. I mean, unless you're in a room where you've got your family in there and you all want to, like, if you're talking or something, I, I get understand. But if you're, like, um, doing your own thing and you're you're going around the house and that, you can have a headlight on and you don't need the rest of the house lit up. And I, and I know this is worst case scenario, but if you were in a situation where you were trying to not advertise, obviously you would want to cover the windows as much as you could. And you would want to use like these, these headlamps on a red light setting because the red light does not throw, doesn't attract attention. A white light, a lot of times, even if you have the windows covered, people will see that. A red light there's much, or a green light setting, which are the lowest settings, there's a much lower likelihood anybody's going to see that in a house, especially if the windows are covered. Now, I understand. That's worst case scenario. I'm just throwing that out there just so you're made available. Not only that, on the red and the green light settings, it'll like go like, you know, 100 hours. It hardly uses up any any juice. So um, I'm a big believer on headlamps I've for a long, long time. Anyway, um, going further, number seven. Should the, and he even said that he said flashlights are great. Definitely headlamps are very helpful. I mean, yeah, because it just eliminates you having to have a light in every room. You don't have to have it. You know, you can just use the light on your head. Um, and if you're trying to work in a grid down setting, and you have a flashlight. Well, you got uh, sometimes you can only hold the flashlight and try to work with the other hand. If it's on your head, you've got both hands free. Unless in some certain instances where maybe you have to have it in your hand because you got to get into a little crevice or something, the light, and you can't do it with a headlight. But that's not the norm, okay? That's another reason to have headlights. It, it frees up your hands. That's why one of the main reasons I love using them. Seven, should this event have happened in a bitter cold of winter, we can heat our home with wood and usually have plenty. Uh, had it been 100 degrees in the summer, this would have really not been good i a small ac window is probably a good investment to be to at least be able to keep one room comfortable yeah buying he he's, says he's gonna buy one i couldn't agree more um i've had this happen where we're at here when the ac went down in like the worst part of august in the summer and um uh thank god i had a ac in in the um, window of my bedroom where I could crank that on. Now, the one thing that would be good is if you're trying to keep maybe multiple rooms a little bit cooler, uh, I would go with some type of very like, I, in fact, I finally ordered this the other day and you'd have to have this planned out ahead of time. But let's say you've got three rooms in your house that 
couple bedrooms in, in this particular case my office okay got all my nutrients in here i don't want them to get you know 100 degrees okay <laughs> that's, that's their their a lot of um food-based nutrients we don't want to do that with that type of stuff how do you keep the cold in okay if you've got three rooms well one thing you can do is you can uh, go up get a shower curtain okay or actually a curtain rod and then in fact i found this on ebay the the other day um 95 inch curtains okay they're blackout curtains there wasn't that expensive i did not pay very much i found them on ebay 95 inch blackout curtains and make sure that like they would fit your hallway like i think our hallway is like i don't know 42 43 inches these were a little bit more than that meaning they would do they would part in the middle meaning you could walk through them you could have the curtain rod which is spring-loaded heavy duty you want a heavy duty one because people are going to be walking through that you put that at the very very top you put your blackout curtains there okay now is this an impenetrable barrier that's going to keep all the, the the cold in that your little ac your your wall shaker in your windows no it's not but it's going to be some type of barrier and it's going to hopefully get you through whatever you're trying to get through it's sure better than nothing because if you don't have that you're not going to be able to keep an area um uh the coolness contained at all so just from the standpoint of your air ac potentially breaking down which if it's going to happen it's probably going to happen at the peak of summer when it's stressed the hardest well having some type of window ac unit get a i would get like more of a name brand unit something that's going to be dependable in there and you can run that and i wouldn't run it 24 7 you know all i mean it i would run it like you know whatever you can do to keep the area livable because you don't want to obviously burn that out and i'm just saying that's something that you can do and he mentioned it here he goes on to say, Godspeed, stay prepared. Things go crazy in a snap. It's never the thing you see coming to get you. Okay. All right, let's go further. America's power grid infrastructure is weak. Grid down, power up film shows blackout calamity could be imminent. Again, I'm not a date setter, but we have talked about this scenario for a very long time over the years. So I'm going to go ahead and play this video now because it's all related, obviously, to what we're talking about here. So what would happen if America's power grid just collapsed overnight? Well, that could happen in a lot of different ways, we suppose. If you believe in them, something like a solar flare could hit Earth. Or what about an EMP attack from China or North Korea or Russia? That could blast apart anything electrical nationwide. We've discussed all of these dangers right here on this program before. But what would happen if that actually occurred? Well, that's the plot of a new documentary, Grid Down, Power Up, featuring Dennis Quaid. Here's the trailer. Electricity grid goes down. You're back in the 1880s pre-electricity. If a thousand transformers are knocked out, we'll end up with massive social disruption. Top former energy official claims an attack on an American power grid was terrorism. Virtually every study you'll see has an anarchistic component that leads to rioting. It is almost inevitable. Choose Power Up, 
not grid down. So what could we grid down power up dot com grid down in a grid one grid down power up dot com. It's one word. And uh, I think that's the website for the movie. I think it's free. Perhaps. Well, it's not just riots and social disruption, as the trailer suggested. That's only just the start. We could also anticipate immediate severe shortages of heat, food, water, mass starvation. In Texas, <clears throat> losing the grid for just three days from a severe snowstorm ultimately caused at least 246 deaths. Some estimates put it above 700. So what if we lost the grid for a year instead of just three days? And what if it was nationwide instead of just eastern Texas? Now we're talking a death toll of 10 million or more. Eventually, a calamity like this is going to happen somewhere. But we aren't prepared for it, even remotely. David Tice is the director of that film, Grid Down, Power Up. He's also the CEO of Paul Revere Films, and he joins us now. David, thank you so much for coming. We appreciate you being here. So glad to be on your program, Steve. Yeah, I mean, this is a real threat. We are not prepared. Uh, and it seems that it's imminent. Do you agree that this is ultimately absolutely going to happen here in America? It is certainly going to happen, Stu. And even if you're kumbaya and you feel like our adversaries aren't going to do anything like this, we know a solar storm is going to hit us sometime in the next 30, 40, 50 years. It will certainly affect our kids and grandkids. Um, so, yeah, I mean, China or North Korea... We don't think Russia, I don't think Vlad would ever do that to the Stu Peters show. He needs this program on the air, of course, to get his message out. But I mean, our adversaries can hit with an EMP attack. We saw in the film that a power grid strike was an act of terrorism. There are a lot of people out there who hate America and want to see our Christian nation fall. Exactly. So 60 Minutes way back in February and we run again in August talked about this Metcalf attack where there was a attack with. I think God may differ on his opinion of us as a Christian nation, but OK. A-47s knocking out a power station in Silicon Valley. We have nuclear power plants all over the place, not just uh, electrical facilities and transformers. But these nuclear power plants could be a major target as well. There's one not too far from here in Minneapolis down in Red Wing, Minnesota, called the Prairie Island Nuclear Plant. There have been F-16s scrambled there on multiple different occasions when they see a threat is imminent or at least the rumors of a threat. So, I mean, when do you think that this is going to happen and how should people prepare? Well, people need to watch this film. And then they need to reach out to their legislators and regulators so that we can fix this. There are mechanisms by which our transformers and our substations can be protected. As far as when is this going to happen, we, we don't know as far as what's going on inside China, Russia, North Korea, etc. But we know that an EMP attack is in the war plans. We've heard that from defectors that have come back from those countries. We've seen documents. We know that is in their planning. Our own lying government. Okay, hold on. The thing is, is our own government's complicit on all of this, on all these illegal aliens that they're dumping over the board. We're going to talk about that next. Hopefully I can get to it here. Um, <clears throat> they're shuttling in, and this, this has been going on for decades, but now it's just like, you know, a torrent. Uh, all of these Chinese-age fighting males are coming in right now. This has been like one of the... We, we know the drug cartel gangs. We know the worst of the worst of the scum 
from like uh, sexual human traffickers and sex traffickers and drug dealers and MS-13 and different gangs from Central and South America and Chinese and um, a lot of people that are most likely on the payroll or will be used as weapons, essentially, when things go down. We, we know that they've been coming into our country. We know our government is facilitating all of that to happen. So when we talk about China and Russia, do, I'm sure that's what it'll be blamed on. And, and maybe, maybe it will be, but I think it's going to be a coordinated effort of all the different various facets and all the different nefarious people they let come across the border by design on purpose to ultimately when they're ready to pull the switch to be used against us to attack the power grid to poison the water supplies to you know only god knows what there's going to be so i mean the, the islamic part of it alone that i've talked so much about how there's all these islamic sleeper cells that want to kill the great satan america and all of its infidels which are just non-believers in islam the the lgbtq the the anarchists out there that you know anarchy just destroy it all let it burn to the ground and in 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 whatever the phoenix will rise out of its own ashes all of these the the, the overt satanists the um antifa the black lives matter all of these devils are 100 percent enemies of any kind of person that would be considered decent okay they're the enemies of humanity and they're all going to be used to a certain extent some of them are going to be acting out on their own some of them are going to have their marching orders some of them are going to be paid some of them are going to be wearing un blue hats but our government's behind all this they're letting all this happen so I just want to remind everybody of that because they're talking about some outside force. I'm not saying China, Russia, or whatever, may not, whatever. But I think it's all part of the script if that does happen. This corporate government murderous crime syndicate uh, that they have become, this uniparty, out-of-control, warmongering elites, these people telegraph to us all the time what's going to happen. Uh, they telegraph the Nord Stream pipeline, and then we find out that we ourselves are the ones Biden blew this damn thing up. That was an attack on Germany, by the way, which is supposedly an ally of ours. So, I mean, our own government could be preparing to do something like this, oh, yeah. uh, it, you know, leading up to an election, possibly. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. So you said that there's things that we can do to protect the power grid, things that are really simple and achievable. We're sticking $140 billion over into this crap hole country of Ukraine. How much money would it take to shore up our power supply here in this country if we, you know, did something strange like put America first? Well, the number could be as low as $10 billion in terms of protecting from a solar storm. As far as for an EMP attack, I'd say the number is probably closer to $50 billion or so. But again, that's really a drop in the bucket based on we have a $1.3 trillion supposedly infrastructure bill you know, when we we know that's a joke. Yeah, it's an absolute joke. Everything that this government does is a joke and a lie. Where can people see the film, Grid Down, Power Up? So they can see the film on Salem Now Media, as well as SalemNow.com. They can also see it at griddownpowerup.com. 
They can also download it directly from your, from the app store to your iPhone or iOS device. If this country goes dark, do you agree it'll be the darkest country the planet has ever seen? It will actually be horrific, Stu. I mean, we're talking about zombie apocalypse. We're yeah. talking about neighbors killing each other. We're talking about being out of water in three days. It's horrific. Tens of millions of people imminently would be dead. Uh, and yeah, I agree. The bullets would start flying. Uh, all that's left when the power grid goes down is bullets and blood and death. It's a very scary thought, and it's coming. We have to protect this country for our children. I mean, can you imagine our kids, how frightful, fearful, scared they would be uh, if something like this were to happen? And I mean, these people are in the streets with guns. They're breaking down your doors, trying to get whatever resources you have left. Uh, people will be robbing each other for foods. And like you said, neighbors will turn on one another. It's all very biblical, actually. This is this has all been predicted, and we believe that it's going to come to fruition. GridDownPowerUp.com. GridDownPowerUp.com. By the way, I like your idea here. We need to increase the pressure and inflict the pain on these supposed elected representatives. We need to be flooding their offices with emails and phone calls. Why are we not protecting our own country? Aside from militarizing our border, we believe that all the Abrams tanks and Bradley fighting machines that are going to Ukraine should immediately be brought back here and put on our southern border. And the northern, by the way, for that matter. Canada hasn't been too agreeable lately either. Uh, but, you know, let's militarize our border. But we have to protect our infrastructure. We have to protect our power grid. Go and see what the imminent danger is. GridDownPowerUp.com. David Tice, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. So glad to be with you. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Watch that film. GridDownPowerUp.com. GridDownPowerUp.com. It got me thinking as I'm talking to David. You know, I travel to select events, places that I actually want to be, discussing topics that I'm passionate about. But even here at home in the Minneapolis-St. Paul Twin Cities metro area, I meet new people all the time. And these are people who recognize me from this broadcast or from other things. And they come up to me and they shake my hand. These are people who consider themselves to be awake, you know, conservative patriots, Republicans, if you believe in that construct. And these people come up to me. We have these conversations. They have no idea what's going on in our country. They have no idea about the bioweapon supposed vaccine. These are people that are busy with their lives. They catch five minutes of their local evening news. They may at best read the headline on the front page of their paper. We are such a programmed and indoctrinated group of robots in this country just running around, living our lives. Everybody's busy doing their thing. They're making... They're, they're being destroyed for lack of knowledge. Or they're, they're primed to be destroyed for lack of knowledge. And Satan has gotten advantage of them because they are totally ignorant of his devices. And these are warnings straight from the Bible. ...for their kids. They're planning their next vacation. They're off to baseball practice or gymnastics. People have no idea about the imminent threats that are facing us right now because they are so reliant on the fake media, the criminal, complicit, bought and paid for, BlackRock, Vanguard, Pfizer-funded Fox News channel. They are so reliant on Sean Hannity to tell them the truth. And all they hear is Pfizer butt slut warmonger Lindsey Graham talking about how we need to blow Russia's planes out of the sky. And then they're cheering, yeah, let's go, we'll put a boot in your ass. Toby Keith, it's the American way. They have no idea about any of it. Hundreds of billions of dollars going to fund death in Ukraine. Instead of funding the shoring up of our power grid right here in this country. Instead of putting these criminals, these homicidal, murderous maniacs from Pfizer in jail. They have no idea. Start by telling everybody about that movie as well as Died Suddenly. GridDownPowerUp.com. And, and Died Suddenly is the one about the... Uh the COVID-19, the, the death protocol regarding that. 
so yeah, yeah, all of this heavily relates into what we're talking about here, this in part two. Now we're going to go to something that, that he mentioned regarding the border, and this will this will take us to the end of the study. Um, exclusive shocking footage of UN funded mass migration, really mass illegal alien invasion, uh, in uh, camp in Panama. And um, this is from war correspondent Michael Yan, who I've been playing quite a bit. Um, he, man, this guy is really on the front lines. I mean, <laughs> this guy is so on the front lines. Now, I give you a link to the 45-minute video. It would be ridiculous to even try to play it because it's too disjointed. It's too across all over the place. If you want to see boots on the ground, what's actually going on in just one of these camps, these illegal alien invasion, UN-funded, United Nations, United Nations, United States funded camps. Watch this video. Mike Adams has actually released more videos. And it's it's literally Michael Yan right there interviewing people. And, and you, you see it firsthand for yourself. And I'm going to give you all a whole bunch of pictures. If you just want to look at this PDF for this date at contendingfortruth.com. Uh, it'll be for April 17th, 2023. Tons of pictures that will blow your mind. I'm going to I'm gonna describe some of it, but you really need to, to, you know, look at this PDF and then possibly watch the video to fully understand how satanically insane this information that we're going to be covering now is. This article will be updated midday, Thursday, April 13th. That's already passed. It's, it's been. But this is the pertinent information. I, I watched most of the updates and saw that. This is really the meat and potatoes. I, and that's what I try to give you here in this ministry. I try to really cut out a lot of the superfluous stuff and give you just the meat and potatoes of what we're dealing with. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. Mike, Mike Adams interviews war correspondent Michael Yan, who was on site at the UN migration camp in San Vicente at the Darien Gap in Panama where both the United Nations and the USA are funding mass human migration activities, invasion activities, to shuttle migrants all over the world to invade the United States. And again, when they talk about the grid tensioner, this is why I'm thinking, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, they are, the amount of effort that the UN and the United States are expending to bring some of the worst people on the planet. Now, they're not all, they're not all horrible, but a large percentage of them are some of the scum of the earth they're trying to bring in here. These are people that want to kill as many of you, if you're an American, as possible. Okay. Um, the amount of effort they're making to do that is just mind-boggling. It's it's absolutely, totally incomprehensible. It shows you the hatred that they have for the American people. Um so there, the, both the United States and the uh, United Nations and the U.S. are funding mass human invasion activities to shuttle migrants all over the world to invade the United States. Um, these illegal aliens moving through this U.N. camp include some people from the Middle East, Europe, Haiti, China, among many South American citizens. As part of the interview, I was able to speak with Chinese a Chinese couple in Mandarin because Mike Adams can speak that because I think his wife is Chinese and confirm their country of origin, mainland China, and their destination in the United States. Very few Americans are aware of this bombshell story, and Michael Yan is breaking the news to the global audience. 
Now, if you want to know what the Darien Gap is, here's a map I posted here. I'm actually going to expand this a little bit if you want to get a little bit better view. It's basically the, if you, if you picture South America and then you know how there's that land bridge from South America that basically forms Central America that goes up into Mexico. It's the very first part of the land bridge that forms that um, connection between South America and into Central America. It's called the Darien Gap, okay? Uh, let's go forward here. A massive expansion of the camp is currently underway, the one that Michael Jan's at. And helping funnel more migrants across the Darien Gap where they will be transported to the U.S. border to illegally cross in the, into the United States. All with the help of U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Biden administration and the U.N. The U.N. organization pushing this is called IOM, carrying the tagline, Making Migration Work for All. And I guess this is their website. Let me just click on this real quick. These are absolute nothing but Satanists is what these devils are. And so you know, and, and the, the logo is posted. I've got so many pictures. Some of the pictures got a little jumbled. So I've, I've got, I've had to kind of rearrange them. But their logo, it's IOM UN Migration. That logo is on the signs when you enter these camps. They're not trying to hide it. The logo itself shows a man, a child, and a woman. They're all holding hands in the center. Around them is the top part of the earth that's kind of shifted to one side, and the bottom part of the earth is shifted to the other, meaning the world split apart. This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to split apart the world. They're trying to divide and conquer the world. And they're doing that by taking all of these um, in uh societies and people of different uh, ethnicities and races and countries and jamming them together putting them in places that they were never meant to be uh where they're going to be incompatible with a whole bunch of other people a lot of them are absolutely totally have nefarious intentions and this is how they're doing their level best the un migration is doing their very level best to destroy the planet to destroy and split apart the world just like their stinking logo tells you that they're doing it's just like the un logo which is a globe with you can see everything on the globe okay and a wreath around it in the first olympics that were ever ran if you won an event they put one of these wreaths on your head you i'm sure you can picture that the like the ancient Greek whatever games and they put a wreath on your head. That means you had conquered the event. So when you see a wreath around the planet and that's the UN's stated goal, that is their logo, what is that telling you? Their goal is to conquer the planet, to dominate it, like you dominate an event at the Olympics, okay? This is one part of that. Split the world, fractionate it in... in this is what they're doing with this IOM UN uh, migration. Making migration work for all. Yeah, right. Everything they say is a lie and it's the opposite. The IOM have even issued press releases about the mass illegal migration invasion moving through the San Vicente camp. Uh, see this article for an example. They're not even trying to hide it. Michael Yan joined me on a Brighton Broadcast Network for a video tour 
um, of, I'm, I'm looking at my time here, for a video tour of the facility, which features buses, tents, a Western Union money transfer. I've got pictures of all of this in the PDF. Rape kits distributed to women by the IOM with chemical contraception pills, plus reports of mass rapes, violence, and many other examples of human trafficking and suffering, uh, not only in the camps, but on the trek upward, which is extremely dangerous and horrible. Here are some screenshots from the video to give you a preview of what's coming. And here, so you're going into the camp, you see all these different ways they're saying, welcome, okay? Benevitos, welcome, all these other languages. And that way, they're welcoming every single type of person that could be coming into the camp. And you see the IOM, I'm sorry, OIM, UN logo migration thing where the split earth is there. And then you see Panama migration. So Panama is part of it. And another logo here. I'm not sure which that one is about. But then the, the United Nations logo is there. The welcome sign featuring multiple languages from around the world. In Espanol, it says my migration reception station of San Vicente. Um, and then the OIM logo. Then you have, here's a screenshot of the IOM UN migration page. Notice the logo of the IOM features a shadow, shattered world, split world, in which a family is ensnared in a swirling pattern, which indicates planet Earth. The message is clear. Use family migration to shatter the world. Yep, pretty much. That's the, that's the absolute 100% um, message that they're trying to send. And I apologize for some of the pictures in here. When I have a ton of pictures in a PDF like this, sometimes it's hard to keep them all together without them becoming overlapping. So I did my best, but they're all there. They're they're all there. Um, this lot is the expansion zone of the UN migration camp where new construction is planned to greatly increase uh, human throughput of the facility. I'll give you a picture of that. Here's a Western Union MoneyGram station where these illegal alien invaders can receive funds to continue their invasion of the United States. Yep. They give you a little bag of, of stuff, of, of all the things to help you along your way. They give you rape kits. They give you uh, supplies. They give you money. Um, if you make it there alive, I mean, a lot of them don't, but um, that's what they're doing. Uh, a look at one of the buses and the tents where migrants are processed and transported north to head to the United States. This all funded by the USA and the United Nations. Here's a group of mostly Haitians who are very happy and excited to be given government assistance to bypass legal migration routes and simply be transported to the United States and dropped off in U.S. cities, all courtesy of the Biden administration. Um, here's another. There's the actual logo for the IOM, the Shattered Earth. This is from Michael Yon. He sent these out the other day. I had a listener forward these to me. Invasion camps in the Darien, Panama. These new trailers hold about 120 per trailer. Now, I think they actually hold way more than that. But the camps are being expanded by the U.S. and Democrats and others. Let me see here. They couldn't have pulled this off under Trump. And I don't mean because Trump would have blocked it. I mean that that was... He... They couldn't do that under his tenure, okay? He had to, to give you the facade that he was trying to keep a lid on the border, okay? 
under Biden, all the gloves are off, all the rules are off, and that's the that's the advantage of Democrats being in office. They can commit all manner of evil, and they don't have to really try to hide it. Okay, Trump did plenty of evil, and I've documented that over and over in, in his tenure. But, um, uh, in fact, I've got you know over 100 pages of documentation to attest to all of that. But under somebody like Biden, it's just overt, out in the open. Now here. Here is the video that just went along with the little verbiage that I that I just talked about there. Here's the tag frequency, which here's the tag so you can see. That's Michael Yon, and he's looking at each bunk bed in this. He's in the facility. I mean, I don't know how this guy's gaining access to these facilities, um, but he's in there. And these are the UN United Nations sponsored migration way stations essentially where these people come in and they've got all these stack them and pack them bunk beds um actual bunk it is 171 170 each of these trailers has about 60 bunks with two beds per bunk so that's about 120 people per trailer Here's the tag. It kind of, I don't know, it looks more than that. Several people commented and said, it looks like that's way more, but I mean, I don't know. He's there. Um, then, one of his next posts, he says, we've seen 22 Chinese walking up. I've seen a lot of this lately. Chinese coming into America, people seeing them on the side of the road, you know, um, them being very unfriendly. 22 Chinese walking up Dark Highway 1 tonight, so far in Darien Gap. Two are women, 20 are military-aged males, very unfriendly, clearly on a mission. People need to remember that the CCP, in fact, I saw something on Drudge today to justify this. And it was something about, oh, it's so horrible in China. In fact, I wonder if it's still up there on Drudge. It's so horrible in China that they're doing anything to get out. Um, and they're trying to get ahead of this because this story is getting out. I heard something about Biden. I don't know. Mike Adams posted something. Biden said he's going to shut down the camps or whatever. Now that, yeah, okay. I believe that when I see it, they're, they're, they're putting forth all this effort to flood our, our country with this stuff. I seriously doubt they're going to do anything to, um, maybe they'll just reroute things. Maybe they'll, they'll say lay low for a couple weeks until Michael Yon or whatever the cameras are off them. I don't know, but I saw something about that thing with China today and they were blaming it on, oh, well, he's, um, it's so horrible in China. They're doing anything they can do to get out. Yeah, right. I'm not saying it's not bad there, but I believe these people are on a mission 100%. People need to remember the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, does not let their people just leave whenever they want. Okay, it's like a prison there. They're here on a mission and more are coming. One group from last night, okay? And again, I'm not going to play this because it's they're, they're walking up to them in the night and they're speaking in Chinese and they're very unfriendly and you won't be able to, you can, but you can click on the link and watch it. Um, somebody commented on this and they said, yeah, they have to get up to North America and start burning food production facilities and maybe on their days off derail a few trains. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's probably exactly why they're being sent here. And again, when they were talking about the grid down scenario and it like, like, the Chinese government, well, okay, Chinese are putting their their troops here, pre-positioning them ahead of time, okay? Um, 
Another person commented and said, maybe they've been hired by our government to manage the FEMA camps. Yeah, well, that's another thing I've heard a lot about in times past. Then the next video was entitled, Your Invasion Tax Money at Work in the Darien, Panama. Again, the ones I'm not playing, you have to watch them to appreciate what you're seeing. Um, another one, Darien Gap, Panama, millions without a dime in their pockets are streaming other than what the governments are giving them to get up here. Moons without a dime in their pockets are streaming into America's broken economy. There will be war. Panama is being forced to participate as traitors within the U.S. government intentionally to destroy the United States. There's another one of his posts. I can't believe this guy hasn't been kicked off Twitter. Then another one. See for yourself. Rape kit for women and children paid for by the American tax money. The kits help people to get raped more safely. Condoms, birth control, and abortion pills. No weapons in the bags, but they do have whistles. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to stop, uh, stop these attackers. Okay, so only a 22-second video. What you're seeing here is one of these rape kits that they give to these people, uh, these illegals that are coming here. And it even says OIM, you know, for migration. It's, it's, the, it's the UN logo. And their care kit. This is their rape care kit. So this is the rape kit they give to children and to women, everybody. That's the rape. So, so the kid, the kid has the whistle from the rape kit, and he's kind of blowing it. So they have condoms in there and uh, birth control, and just the kids get raped all the time too. As yeah, do the, the kids are getting raped too, as well as the females. Probably the men too. Who knows? I don't know. Women and men. So yeah, that's the, that's the actual rape kit. This yeah. by U.S. tax dollars. Yeah, yeah. right there, uh -huh. right there. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Then the next one: maps showing illegal alien train transportation from Central America through Mexico to Texas or California. I thought they were walking. Now I had seen things of like sometimes they were on um, no big semis or, or or trucks and things like this i didn't realize they were they were getting transported in mass by trains so this video gets into that okay hold on okay so they're interviewing this gentleman who knows about this this train thing and um they're asking him questions dangerous because it goes very fast but he said there's no one no one robs on the train. That's what he heard. The, the train goes very fast, but no one gets robbed on the train. I don't know why that is. Maybe they've got security. I don't know. Okay, so they're showing the United Nations map they give them. This thing is nice. It's substantial. It almost looks laminated. Okay. He's showing him this illegal that's coming here. Or maybe he's going back and forth because he seems to know this really good. He's showing them the train routes. Now, they're not trying to hide the train routes. This isn't a conspiracy theory. This is something the United Nations and America is giving them maps so that they can kind of find their way. I guess know where they're going to be stopping. No, there's numbers associated with different towns where the train stops. And he's showing them on the map where the train goes. On top of Chula. Where do you actually switch trains? Where? The train? Where do, you, where do you change? Where do you change trains? Ah, the train changed the route. Okay, 
Okay, so they train they the first uh, I guess it starts down in the Daring Gap. I don't know if the first one is San Luis Potizzi. It's number 62. Yeah, and then from there you can take one of three other trains, right? Yeah, yeah. If you go here, you got the train that go here. If you go here... And, the, and where the next stop, there's three different trains. The next stop determines where you're going to land at the border. Okay, whether the border is Texas, whether it's New Mexico, or whether it's, I think, Arizona or California. It's the same. Or here. Okay, or California. The more safe stop is here. So he says the more safe stop is the one in Texas. I don't know why that is, but he said that's the more, that's the safer one to get off. I don't know if that's the safer train, but... Like stones. Yeah, I'm safe. Yeah, I've, I've set. Piedras Negras, number 67. He says that's the safer one. That train for two weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess Michael Jan rode the train for two weeks. Yes. It's more safe stuff. Piedras Negras. Piedras Negras. Yeah. Okay. Very so, dangerous because it goes very fast. There's that video. I mean, they're very matter-of-fact about this. Okay, the UN and the U.S. government has provided them with detailed maps of where to go and where all the pickup and the drop-off points are. Here is that map that they were just looking at, that we were just seeing in the video. Now, I know you weren't unless you are watching it, but I give you the link for that. Here's the map. It's very substantial, very nice. And there's one of those QR code things that, you, I mean, I don't have a smartphone, so but I guess you scan it with your phone and it's blown up. And I imagine you could scan it with your phone even off my PDF because it's blown up and there's a QR code on there. Our trader government prints and distributes these invasion route advice maps, giving them to migrants heading north from Panama. Uh, then we have this. So here's another thing they put out. It's, it's um, the mass migration route to the USA. And this shows the Darien Gap coming up from Colombia, uh, going into Panama. Mass migration route to the USA. Anybody in the world can fly to Ecuador and catch a bus to Nicocli, Colombia. <clears throat> From there, and this is how it happens. From there, they take a motorboat to Capagorana in Colombia. Then they begin the extremely difficult and dangerous trek through the Darien Gap to where they can catch a bus to Costa Rica and proceed by bus uh, country after country, all the way to the wide open and undefended U.S. border. Okay, bus or train. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, then it says the Pan American the Pan American Highway ends at Yavisa, which looks like it is. Um, <clears throat> it looks like Yavisa is more toward the southern part of Panama and I think that's where they have to get off and go through the Darien Gap on foot. <clears throat> there are no roads from Ibiza until Guaupa. So Guaupa, okay, they show Guaupa there. Okay, yeah, that's that's a trek. That's so weird that there's not a road there. Um but that is not the migrant route. Okay, um, there are no roads from Yavisa until, and this is why they have to hike through the Darien Gap, because there's no roads from where Highway 1 ends at Yavisa until Guaupa, which Guaupa is in um, pretty far into Colombia. 
okay? And like I said, that's where that's the region we're talking about with the Darien Gap here. And, uh, but that is not the migrant route. Instead, they take the Nacocali to Pacuña, Capogana boat trip described above from the beginning of the Darien March. Along the walking route are steep 6,000-foot mountains covered in triple canopy jungle and subject to mudslides where the migrants have beaten paths. Nearly everyone is robbed by bandits. Women and girls are raped so often that the UN passes out birth control pills in their rape kits at their stations along the invasion route. Many of them also die in the jungle. So this isn't some wonderful benevolent thing that we're doing to help them out. This is hellish. You know, and a lot of it, I mean, if, if the kids are with them, like I've said before, a lot of them are, are just, you know, sold off into child sex slavery. If they even make it here, if they, if they haven't died in the process of getting here. There's nothing benevolent about any of this. Um, they've also been sold a bill of goods to come here. All right, so that's all I have for today. Um, just as a quick update, um, we did end up securing a car for Taylor. Um, a good, reliable um lower mileage type car that you know really she desperately needed even really before the um this happened the with with the accident that she was in um and so praise the lord jesus christ for all your giving and uh the listeners that gave some gave by um, mail some gave by um uh the gofundme and i understand i won't use gofundme again i know it's give go send um should have known better. I know I had talked about it, I think, before and it slipped my mind. Somebody recommended GoFundMe, and I understand that GoFundMe is not the greatest. Okay, it's not good. Um, but <clears throat> so I apologize about that. Anyway, uh, so that is a total answer to prayer. What I will say, um, it, and I'm just looking at this right now. I'm just look, the, the the website, the GoFundMe is still up, and there is an option for mailing address and the other um what she did is because of the of the money she got from the actual her car being totaled they issued a check for that um and then also the money that came in by mail and also the money that came in by the gofundme <clears throat> she lowered the goal it was like at 15 now it's like 76 14. now I'm not pressuring anybody to, to give any more money at all. I'm just saying it is up there um, for those that are interested or those that wanted to were thinking about donating. The the goal has been lowered. I think she's about 2300 away from doing it. We had to get her into a car because with her job and with the things coming up and with it was just becoming absolutely untenable. I do 100% believe the car that we got her into, and this just happened on Friday, was absolutely 100% God, total godsend. Um, everything we could have asked for, it's not extravagant, It's but it is, I think it's going to be very reliable, lower mileage, pretty much exactly what she needed. I mean, total blessing, praise the Lord Jesus Christ for my listeners, and for your prayers, and she's still... Um, uh, she's getting the chiropractic care because of the documentation of the case. I'm I'm treating her also at, at the house with what I'm doing. But I told her, I said, listen, car accidents are a different animal, okay? You get into a car wreck and you've got a vehicle that weighs, in this case, probably 20,000 pounds or whatever. It was a water truck. And hitting her from the front, spinning her, thank God it didn't hit her 
from the side like a T-bone or whatever, we're probably having a very different conversation. I'm not saying God can't protect her, but, um, you know, she's always, usually when I adjust her, she's good for like a while. Now it's like, you know, we're adjusting her, you know, every other day or whatever. And she's like, why am I back out? So I said, well, it takes time. It takes time to heal. And I say that for everybody that's ever been in an accident, you know, to get care and to make sure you're healing, but heal in position. If you don't, it's like driving your car out of alignment and you just keep driving it. And what ends up happening is you keep driving your car out of alignment. Things wear out. And in the body, how that manifests is arthritis. It, it manifests as disc degeneration. Uh, it manifests as when a disc degenerates, then bone spurs start to form because the body's instinctively trying to stabilize a very unstable area. The more that happens, the more pressure is put upon the nerves that come out at every level of the spine and the more chronic pain you may end up becoming or living in. And by getting care early on in an accident type of scenario, um, what you're trying, what you're attempting to do is is heal but heal in position so that those problems do not occur down the road okay and even if you hadn't got care from there's still you, you could still get like gentle if, if you don't want to get um any of the manual techniques you can find people that like to activator or sot um there's gentle force techniques out there as well for people that don't want to be have you know be adjusted manually I would just encourage you to do that. I'm, I'm not getting, I am a chiropractor, but I don't do, I don't get anything from saying that. I'm, I'm, I'm just doing it because I know chiropractic is real. All chiropractic is, is taking a hard bone off a soft nerve. Okay. And letting the body heal, but heal in position. It's not hocus pocus. It's not magic. It's just cause and effect. That's all it is. And um, anyway, so that's, um, oh, and I, I give the link to the uh the gofundme thing here and it's the last time i'm even going to put it up in in a pdf or whatever but and, and again for somebody that maybe didn't know about it they're like what, what are you talking about it's the first time i've heard of it well i put it up there one last time um no no pressure in any way shape or form god bless you all and lord willing we will see you in the next audio